Welcome everyone to the Keystone Connection podcast, where we are here to discuss only the most important topics in this wide world of sport that we live in. This is Vince from the Steel City, she's Pam from the City of Brotherly Love, and believe it or not, we are still married. It's East meets West, so let's get right to it. Here we go, September 15th. 2018 the keystone connection podcast is back and better than ever with a great episode a brand new format and we are ready to get started here as always you can download the keystone connection podcast on itunes or whatever podcast application you may choose 100 percent free of charge so are you ready to get this started here for, for a brand new show, a brand new episode, brand new format? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! So we're starting off this show here on a sad note, unfortunately. Uh, Pitt uh, embarrassed themselves, quite frankly, last Saturday against Penn State. Very disappointing. A lot of stuff to unpack there, Uh, but let's get uh, down to brass taxes and let's just lay it all out there. What was the biggest turning point in this game and why we lost? Um, I just think they gave up. For me, it was watching a team that just gave up fighting um, in the second half. I think the biggest turning point was just coming out flat. Many great coaches say, especially on the basketball front, the third quarter is where you win or lose the game, and Pitt just got lost after that third quarter. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, effort, for sure, I think, w- w- in the second half was important. Uh, but for me, I, I think, you know, it-, it was it lost in the first half. A lot of mistakes were made, special teams, people making a lot of issues about that. Uh uh, I mean, it, this game at, was off the rails from the coin toss. But for me, it was the, the failed fourth down attempt. Okay. I think that was the big issue um, because they just couldn't recover from that. It was like all the momentum was gone. We were about to take the lead. You know, we were running the ball well. Um, and that, you know, they lined up in a heavy formation on four and three fourth and three and thought they were just going to push these guys out of the way didn't do that that made a statement for Penn State and that was it yeah yeah it's not like it's a fourth and one it was yeah, fourth it, and three well, say it, play, so we'll, we'll see where we go from here just fly together all right now we got to look at where this team is right now you know we saw them beat a bad team they lost to a good team you got to give Penn State credit there you know they're a good ball club uh so you know, I don't think they're as bad as you know the fifty-one, the six that they lost by. Uh, but where do you see where do you stand with this club right now? 
Well, I thought they would lose this game, but I still think they're going to be a decent club. The biggest concern I have coming out of that game is the offense and how bad the offense looked. You knew Trace McSorley was going to get his and Miles Sanders and those guys on the offensive side of the ball, but I just think Pitt's offense looks so stagnant and they weren't able to move the ball at all. If they can't turn this around, this is going to be a five or six win team again. Would you think they were spooked by the weather? No, not at all. Not at all. I think they were spooked by the big game atmosphere. You think they were? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, that's on the coaches for not getting these guys ready to go. I don't don't know. You know, uh, you talked about offensively. Um, You know, just not aggressive, not in it. You know, Sean Watson, the offensive coordinator, I think this guy is an excellent quarterback coach. I think he's an excellent quarterback recruiter. But his play calling was terrible. Uh, on uh, last Saturday, it, it was awful because you know we were out playing them in the first half. I'm not saying we had them on the ropes, but we were just not doing very well, uh, you know, play calling wise. And you know that's got to change. I'm willing to give this team a chance, obviously, and they're gonna have to get back on track here against a, a Georgia Tech team that's very difficult to stop. Oh, just the process. <laughs> so we got Georgia Tech this Saturday. Uh, what, what do you think about this game? Uh, 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 we lost to them last year, uh, an offense that gives us a lot of problems, uh, but they have a very bad defense. Where do you see this team standing? Um, I think they're going to beat Georgia Tech. Yeah, because I think Georgia Tech um, has a lot of issues. Their lead rushers out. And I think Pitt, let me say this, if Pitt doesn't come out and – uh, just prove that they're a better football team than they showed last Saturday night on a huge stage, then it's going to be a long season for the Panthers. But I feel like if they use this opportunity to come out, pound it down their throats, throw the ball, and stop them, then they can prove that that was just a fluke, that they just yeah. had a bad night. So I think this is going to be a statement game for Pitt, and I think they're going to come out and, and win. Yeah, well, they got to come out for, uh, they should come out fired up after after last week. Um, it, it, despite that triple option being difficult to stop, Pitt has a lot of depth on the front seven, and they got to start showing it. Uh, and you would think if they could do that, and the offense is probably going to be good enough to put up some points uh, because Georgia Tech's defense is bad, uh, that that should be enough to win. But I don't know where this team's head's at. They couldn't, That's the problem. They couldn't get any pressure uh to McSorley they, they, last game at all. So this, that front seven needs well, to play better. We're talking well, about... Certainly the, in the second half, that's true. I think in the first half, they did, they did okay. Uh, they did okay, but they not okay. what they needed to do. No, not enough. Not enough. And I don't know what that's... I don't know if it was scheme um, or, or what, but there was there were some problems there. And they, they got to start showing uh, that, you know, that all these guys that they've stockpiled in the front seven are that good. They don't respect you! 1976 and 1968 and 2016. They don't respect. They're gonna find out. We're gonna switch gears here to the Steelers tackle football team, and they had a tie against the Cleveland Browns, which is pretty embarrassing in itself. Uh, what what was the biggest reason? Why was this game lost into a tie? <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say that without laughing. I can't. Uh, I think the biggest reason was the the turnovers by Ben and the offense. We know the defense 
isn't going to be up to par. And we know Cleveland, despite I think they're maybe slightly overrated, they do have offensive weapons. So for the defense to hold them to 20 points, that's not the worst situation. But I think the turnovers by Ben, what, four interceptions, fumbles, it, it was bad. On It was sloppy on that end. And I uh, just put the defense in bad spots repeatedly. Well, uh, you know, uh, the turnovers, that's where I was going to go there. But I'm not going to blame it all on Ben. Uh, and I'll tell you why, because um, at least two of those interceptions uh, were the receiver's fault and that the ball went right through their hands. I mean, what what can, what more can you say? What about those other two? Oh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, the James Conner fumble at the end of the game was huge. Um, but I, I, I hate to blame James Conner, but you got to hold on to the ball there. Yeah, but your quarterback has to not put your team in bad situations repeatedly four interceptions it doesn't matter whose fault it is four interceptions is four interceptions that that's right and i don't think that like i said i don't think all those interceptions were his fault and and that miles garrett uh the defensive lineman for the browns he was getting a lot of pressure oh my god he's a beast though he could be well that's true you got to give him credit but you know i didn't see any adjustments uh to block that guy better and when in, this is a problem for the Steelers, whenever they go up against elite pass rushers, they have a difficult time stopping them. A difficult time. And, you know, that, that's got to change going forward. I'm undefeated. Never lost. Okay. Uh, so what do you think the Steelers should have done differently? How do you uh, think that they could have, you know, prevented this tie? Just not turn the ball over? Yeah, I think that was part of it, and I think, um, I think at times the defense I think was in good positions to su- succeed. You had officially T.J. Watt got three and a half sacks. Like you can't. I said at the beginning of the year, I thought he was going to be defensive player of the year, and people <laughs> laughed at me. He looked like defensive player of the year. They may have been going against the defensive player of the year in Miles Garrett, um, but I think just preventing the turnovers and um, maybe using more clock, kind of grinding it out a little bit more. Um, but towards the end of that game, especially in overtime, I think they're lucky to get out of the t- with a tie because Cleveland were. was moving the ball. And that's the problem here. The biggest problem uh, for the defense flipping the sides here is when Joe Hayden went down, that defense yeah. looked lost. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so they got to just hope he stays healthy. They, they do. And, and this happened last year whenever he got hurt. You know, they they struggled stopping the pass. It, it was a big deal. And it's that's right when Cleveland started moving the ball yeah. more effectively. Absolutely. And a long drive. This ball is out of here. All right, so we got a matchup with the Chiefs this week coming to Heinz Field. The Chiefs undefeated. They beat the Chargers last week. Uh, what do you see as the key matchup for the Steelers this week against the Chiefs? I think if the defense can take advantage of a, a mistake by Patrick Mahomes, that's the biggest matchup. Um, Mahomes is a, a young player, but he's a gunslinger. He'll throw that 80-yard bomb, and he can hit it, but there are other times he'll make that pass when he shouldn't. They need to get interceptions and be in the position to take advantage of that. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like that line of thinking, you know, the Chiefs are going to take a shot deep, especially if Joe Hayden doesn't play. I, I do not know his status um, for, for the game. It, and, you know, what I felt was interesting was Travis Kelsey was not very much involved 
in the Chiefs game plan last week. And Neither was Kareem Hunt because yeah. they didn't need to be because they bombed it to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, Sam Watkins. Those are some, some guys you got to be aware of. you got to be aware of those guys. But Travis Kelsey, this is a guy uh, that, you know, the Steelers always have trouble covering tight ends for whatever reason. Good tight ends. Yeah, and maybe this is Edmund's time to shine right here and, and cover Kelsey all over the board. Make those other guys beat you. I, I think, you know, I, I don't think you could get nickel and dime here. And you got to be able to get to the quarterback. I think the Steelers could do that. I think they can confuse the coverage uh, on Mahomes, a young quarterback. I think they can make life difficult for him. Don't give him the easy passes. I think that's going to be the key thing. I have no doubt in my mind that the Steelers' offense is going to come out and be crisp uh, this game. But that's going to be tough uh, trying to stop uh, the, this Chiefs offense. A lot of firepower on that team. Clear the deck! Cannonball coming! Look out, Allegheny River! There she goes! All right, so what do you think about this game? Steelers currently favored by around four points, depending on, on which uh, service you use. Um, I believe at the win, it's around uh, four points. Uh, do you think the Steelers are going to win this game? I do, yeah. I think I do think it's going to come down to Mahomes making a mistake, and I, it's nothing against him. Um, I just think the Steelers play much better at home. That's been proven. They're they're embarrassed. They're they're going to yeah. come out. Um, they're going to come out slinging. Not saying Mahomes won't get his, and Tyreek Hill may have two hundred yards, and Kelsey two hundred yards. Well, an all purpose yards and. He what he ran a pump back too yeah, I think last yeah. game I'm talking all purpose yards he may have 200 yards but I think I think Pittsburgh's gonna win and it you could see a 45 to 31 game here oh wow a high scoring affair yep. oh yeah uh, over hit the over hit the over okay I believe it's the highest total on the board it is I've heard um yeah. I, I think the Steelers are gonna win they're playing a good team. They're playing them at home. That's yeah, the Chiefs. No, sorry, yeah. real quick. Nothing against the Chiefs. They're a very good team. Yeah, I mean they're coming out after after a, essentially a loss. <laughs> uh, so they're. I, I think they're going to be fired up, but they're just going to stomp them. I really think so. We set responsibility for that. Me out front, and uh, we'll move forward. So we talked about two teams already that have some troubles. We're going to talk about some team a team right now with some major troubles. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. This was a team that was in uh, leading the division at one point and all of a sudden have gone downhill. Uh, what do you think has been the biggest cause uh, for their slide? How much time do we have? <laughs> About a minute or two. <laughs> okay. Um, I just think this team hit a wall. I think they, August was awful and September hasn't been treating them well. Yes, they won 14-2 last night or whatever. They scored 14 runs. Offense really, really struggled, and it was consistent offense, I think, was one of the biggest things. At times, their pitching hasn't been great, but it was that consistent offense where they just could not score against guys that aren't Cy Young candidates, to say the least. They had one of the worst records in the month of August. They just couldn't get out of the way, and we said August was going to be one of their easier part of their schedules. They're now seven and a half back as of this morning, and they're done. I mean, people are like, oh, in 2007 they came back. This is not 2007. This team is not a good team right now. They're not playing a good team, but it shows they need to get pieces, and I think they learned who their pieces are moving yeah, forward. It, it seems like a lot of things have gone wrong. Like, you know, yeah. it's either... 
you know, they're either losing one to nothing or they're losing, you know, nine to eight sometimes. A lot of it's times just, it's 13 to one they're losing. Well, and they've had some games where they just got blasted. Yeah. And it's, I think the, the pitchers just haven't been able to sustain the kind of success that they had earlier in the season. But you can't blame... You I, can't, but Because also, they're not getting any support They're not here. getting any run support either. So uh, maybe this team was just a year away. So uh, w- would you call this team done? Yeah, They're only yeah. currently five games back in a wild card situation. I believe we said that they're seven and a half games back in the division. And, you know, they are going to be playing the division leader, the Atlanta Braves seven games at the end of the season you know do you think that there's any way they could at least even creep back up to be within seven games uh by that time i don't because i think because this it's not like they're losing competitive games and they look good this team is done because they're they don't have the tools and the braves have been playing well um, the Braves actually in August when the Phillies were playing bad, the Braves weren't playing the best either. That's why for a while it didn't look as bad as it probably could have. Um, but we we're done. Like there's no there's no chance. I think there's 16 games left. They're seven and a half out. Virtually the Phillies would have to pretty much almost win out, and yeah. the Braves would almost have to win lose out. And that's those two things are not going to happen. Well, you're going to be playing them half those games. Correct, but I just think, okay, so maybe you t- there's no way there. Because in between the two Brave series, you have a series against Colorado. Colorado is currently leading the NL West, too. So even if yeah. you just want to look at the last 13 games of the season, that's a tough stretch. And the Braves are a good team. They're playing like it. They're taking advantage of the Phillies, so they're done. Well, it, it was a nice run. You know, they, it was they, exciting they, yeah. while it lasted. Yeah. And one thing real quick on this. If the Phillies, if the Nationals played like they should have played all year long, mm-hmm. then no one would be talking about how disappointed they were in the Phillies. They would be talking more like, oh, the Nationals were a good team. We learned a lot about the Phillies. The fact that the Nationals sucked this year um, made people's expectations of the Phillies maybe a little too high at times. What a hit, Denzel Ward! You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. Tonight, Mexican Independence Day weekend, Las Vegas, Nevada, T-Mobile Arena, live on HBO pay-per-view. Millions of people are going to be watching. Gennady Golovkin, Triple G, taking on Saul Canelo Alvarez, the rematch. Last year at this time, we saw an excellent bout between the two. Uh, ended in a draw. Corrupt judges. We were going to have a rematch Cinco de Mayo weekend this year. The match was canceled. Stero- steroids Canelo, steroids yeah. uh, tampered meat. Supposedly. And, and, now, and now we're here uh, uh, for, the, for this fight. Uh, the rematch is finally here. And... The first time around, there was a lot of respect between these two individuals. But these guys are all business right now. Uh, they do not like each other. A lot of tension between the two. Couldn't even get a proper stare down last night at the weigh-ins. Uh, the man in the maroon coat had to help hold these guys back. Uh, how hyped are you for this, Mike? Fat. I'm 
excited. Let me just explain this. If I'm staying up to like yeah, it's at 11, 11 p.m. 11 p.m. to watch something, it, it's going to be good. <laughs> I wa- we I yeah. I even left the house to watch this last year. That's how excited I was. Um, so if I'm staying up past past nine ten o'clock, um, then you know it's exciting for me. Yeah, yeah, I I am super excited. Uh, there's nothing like the big fight. It's the best thing going. And we got two guys that are just ready to go out there and, and whoop on each other. I mean, the Mexican fighting spirit is going to be on display tonight. And I can't wait. And it's all presented by Tecate Beer. Because the champ is here! So on, in the first fight, uh, a lot of people thought that Triple G had won this match. It looked like he dominated most of the rounds. Canelo uh, came back at the end uh, and and probably won a few rounds. And I guess that saved him. Uh, where do you see this ending up? I think Triple G's going to win because he's the one that got jobbed last time. He should have won that fight, and he didn't. Um, and so I think he's going to come out, and he. I think he's also upset that they couldn't have it um on Cinco de Mayo weekend yeah. too. I think Triple G is just gonna let loose here. I think he's gonna come out firing from round one. He's not gonna let it see how it plays out. He's just gonna come out and he's gonna take no prisoners. Yeah, that, well that's true. Uh I'm kinda with you there, but he is a year older. You know, he's he's getting up there in age. Uh Canelo the younger fighter. Uh maybe he's gonna use uh his quickness to a little bit more to his advantage. The thing is is that you know, these guys both took each other's best shots in the first round, in the first fight, and nobody went down. So these guys know that they could take the other's best punch, and they're going to go out there and just start swinging. And I think that favors Triple G because this guy uh, has the ability to just stand in there and, and, and take a punch and keep on going. He's currently the favorite right now at the win at minus 175. Uh, but I think this is going to be very close. It wouldn't surprise me if this ended in another draw, but I'm still going with Triple G to win. Down the stretch they come. All right, we're ending up with the end of the show here. We've got to get uh, a last few notes in here talking about our big th- things to watch this weekend that we haven't already talked about. There is a ton happening here. Uh, I think we both agree. Maybe the, what we're most looking forward to is this LSU-Auburn matchup on the Plains. Uh, two, two ranked teams going at it. Auburn a 10-point favorite at the win. Uh, are you excited for this one? Because this could determine who's going to be the team to challenge Alabama in the SEC West. I am excited because um, LSU looked pretty good. Yeah. But I think Auburn's going to run away with this Run one. away with Yeah, this. I think it might be close for a little bit, but I think Auburn's a very good team. And I think we could – there's potential. We could see Auburn making a run at the SEC title again. I'm not sure what to think about this because LSU, I think – uh, and give them credit, took advantage of a, a bad Miami team. Well, well, not a bad Miami team, a Miami team that did not come to play in the first week. And a week. bad Miami quarterback. They took uh, yes. advantage of him. Yeah, absolutely. Time. And I also think that they took uh, Auburn took advantage of Washington in the first match, uh, their first game of the year. Washington had, uh, I believe, six drives like inside the 30 and only came away with six points. Uh, so that's not good. A lot of turnovers for them. Uh, so yeah, they, I think Auburn was fortunate to get out of there with a win. That's going to be an excellent matchup. I, I'd probably lean on Auburn at home. They have been hot, red hot at home. Uh, what, what do you got as a game or, or, or something to look forward to? Um, Jacksonville, 
versus New England, four o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. I, it's a great matchup. Um, Jacksonville unsure about Leonard Fournette's status, but that defense is excellent, and um, I just I think it's going to be a really good game, and it's a rematch of the. AFC championship game. game. Yeah. yeah, and there's been some talking back and forth a little bit. I think out of all the NFL games, this is going to be the one to watch for for great reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I believe New England's currently a one point favorite. Right. At, yeah. At, it's not. Yeah. So that that's tell them. You know, I think a lot of you know average betters are probably going to be just jumping all over New England there, which makes me think Jacksonville is going to win this thing. Um, I don't know. It's early in the season. Um, you got to think that, uh, you know, Gronk's probably the only guy that could move the ball for the Patriots, but Leonard, James Leonard, White, James White too. You know, that's true. They'll all, put him in this, like they'll yeah. run him out there and, uh, Rex Burkhead is unsure if he's going to play, but James White, um, but Jacksonville's defense can stop him can. too. No Leonard Fournette though. That, that's, for sure? I believe so. Oh, I thought, okay. That That's, that's big. That's significant. I think, um, uh, one th- game I'm going to throw out here is uh, Boise State going to Oklahoma yep, State. Yep. Uh, Boise State, they don't travel to play a ranked team on the road very often. Uh, but when they when they do, it's a, this is a big event. Uh, this is if Boise State is going to uh, make the um, the New Year's Six bowls, they probably have to win this game. Um, so this is big for them. Do you think that if they would win this game, do they have you know any claim to a national uh, uh, playoff spot? What conference are they in? Um, Mountain West. Mountain West. I don't think they do because if any team did, I, it was like Florida. Uh, last year. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, but UCF. I don't think they beat anybody that great. No, it, but yeah. I I don't think Oklahoma Oklahoma State's an okay team, but it's not. Well, they're a ranked team. That's they're a ranked I mean for, team, but. Um, no, they could get in year six, but that's about it. All right. Well, I, I, I'm going back and forth on it. I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I still don't there's think still that they could. There's still a long conference that, There's ahead. still a, a, a lot. I think a lot would have to happen for, for that. There's some good teams in the Mountain West, too. There, there is. There is. Um, uh, so that that's it. That's all she wrote for uh, another episode of the Keystone Connection podcast. Make sure you download. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, that's the best way to get the sh- uh, listen to the show. It automatically gets downloaded, and we're we're ready to rumble here. We are ready for the big fight tonight. We're ready for the for the pit game, uh, Georgia Tech. Hopefully, the Panthers could get a victory here, uh, get back on track. This is critical for their season. Hopefully, the Steelers could finally get a win. Hopefully, yes. And one quick thing: shout out to the Seattle Storm of the WNBA who won the WNBA title. Sue Bird had an awesome year, one for best of her career. So congrats to them. And thank you. Get it! Get it!